This is the last of six podcasts from the Royal Irish Academy History of Emotion series. The speaker is Dr. Kieran Wallace on Wonder. Hello, my name is Kieran Wallace. I'm the Deputy Director of Beyond 2022, Ireland's Virtual Record Treasury. Beyond 2022 is a research project to digitally recreate the archival collections and the premises of the Public Record Office of Ireland, which were lost in the destruction of the forecourts in 1922 in the opening engagement of the Irish Civil War. I've been asked to talk today about emotion and space. The interesting thing is that I'm talking about a space that no longer exists, the destroyed public record office, and the virtual recreation, so a space that doesn't exist in the real world. But my response to both, my emotional response to both, is actually one of wonder and really quite a degree of excitement. So this may not seem immediately obvious, so let me perhaps explain. The story of the destruction of the Forecourts at the start of the Civil War on the 30th of June 1922 and the loss of the record office which sat within that complex are both well known and much lamented. But the drama of that mental image, the plume of black smoke towering over the dome of the forecourts, has eclipsed a far more positive story. For centuries, Ireland's historic archives have been in a parlous state. Since the 13th century, the records of first the Norman, then the English, and finally the British administration in Ireland had been mislaid, scattered, stolen, nibbled away by mice and burnt in accidental fires. But by the 19th century, two wonderful institutions had put a halt to the decay and secured Ireland's historical record to a truly remarkable degree. In 1810, the Irish record commissioners were appointed to track down and transcribe the oldest Irish records. Once these had been published and copies sent to all major libraries, then the risk of losing the originals would be far less catastrophic. The idea was similar to digitization today, only it was a good deal more robust perhaps being print on paper. The record commissioners toiled away for many years, copying medieval rolls, Tudor charters and Cromwellian statutes in beautifully neat copperplate handwriting. As a group, alas, they were not noted for their bonhomie or a particular sense of urgency. Infighting and scholarly disagreements, coupled with a slow trickle of published works, resulted in the commission being closed down in 1830. Now, it seems possible that some of them were not paid for what they expected. The record commissioners toiled away for many years copying medieval rolls, Tudor charters and Cromwellian statutes in beautifully neat copperplate handwriting. But as a body, they were not noted for their bonhomie or a particular sense of urgency. Infighting and scholarly disagreements, coupled with the slow trickle of published works, resulted in the commission being closed down in 1830. But it seems possible that some of them were not paid what they expected to be, as volumes for their manuscript copies found their way into the auction rooms of the antiquarian book market, and these unpublished works ended up being scattered far and wide. However, even this discouraging turn of events had its own wonder. Whether they turned up in the Library of the Royal Irish Academy, the Russell Library Maynooth, or the Library of Trinity College Dublin, these many and various volumes were carefully catalogued and stored by each librarian, despite the fact that they were mere copies of originals which still existed at the time, originals which would later be lost in the explosion and fire of 1922. The second wonderful institution that I mentioned emerged in part from the failure of the first. After decades of complaints from administrators and lobbying by scholars, the government in Westminster finally introduced the Public Record Office of Ireland Act in 1867. This happy piece of legislation established a record office for Ireland, provided it with a modern purpose-built premises, and equipped it with far-reaching powers to gather all historical records produced in the service of the state onto its own shelves. Located inside the railings of the forecourts, the PROI was to be a most successful and productive archive. The new premises was state-of-the-art. The records were stored in an elegant record treasury, that was its official name, 
Five stories over a basement. Fire prevention was at the centre of the plans. Stairs and walkways were made of cast metal. Shelves were open metal grillwork, and where woodwork could not be avoided, they used timber with a low combustion rate. The Treasury building was lit by a vast glass roof and ten tall arched windows ran down each side. So natural light poured in between the stacks, allowing the staff to work without the risk of gas lamps or naked flames. To the front was the administration block with coal fires, gas lamps and the reading public, all sources of risk to these precious records. Crucially, the records treasury was separated from the front block, the administration block, by a fire break. The two buildings were joined only at the ground floor, so to go from the reading room in the administration block to the record treasury, you had to pass through a double metal door, cross into an avoid open space, and then enter the treasury through a matching pair of metal doors to enter into where the records were stored. The many floors, bays and shelving stacks of this safe haven were soon filling with records trundling into the forecourt complex from all over the city and country. The late 19th century saw a flowering of archival practice. So every volume, roll and bundle was carefully assessed before we moved to a predetermined location in the record treasury. Archivists noted its origin and contents. They created indexes and finding aids. So visitors to the reading room could quickly identify the items they required they could consult with archivists and then searchers, that's what they were called, would go to fetch the records from the secure treasury and produce them for inspection in the hushed reading room with its high ceiling and polished wooden desks. Over the five and a half decades of its existence, the PROI published thousands of pages of transcripts and summaries of fragile originals, opening the door to new generations of historians of Ireland. Among these finding aids, an important one was that produced by Herbert Wood. That's his guide to the records preserved in the Public Record Office of Ireland. In this guide, in around 500 pages, Wood describes the major collections and subseries in the PROI, and this allows researchers to identify if the archive held a particular set of records and would point them towards more detailed finding aids. Herbert Wood was a career archivist in the PROI, and he ended up as deputy keeper shortly before the destruction. So, by the 1920s, the archival situation in Ireland was transformed. A scholar who had struggled to research Irish history before 1867 would have marvelled at the transformation wrought by this new institution in just a few decades. It was a wonder of 19th century Irish skill and scholarship. The cataclysmic events of the 30th of June 1922 resulted in much human suffering as combatants and civilians were killed and wounded. The battle ruined Gandon's handsome forecourts and destroyed the record treasury and its contents. A tremendous explosion flung seven centuries of Irish history high into the sky to fall as charred fragments on the streets and suburban gardens of the city as far away as Hoth. But as I said, the drama of this moment tends to overshadow the tremendous achievements of what went before. Standing amid the rubble, it's easy to see why the archival and scholarly community might feel that everything has been lost, and indeed that became the public perception. It's perhaps understandable that this interpretation took such a firm hold on the public imagination. After all, the events of the Civil War were painful for many to recall, and the loss of so much history seemed emblematic of that short but bitter conflict. But in fact, the archivists were the first to take a more hopeful view. Work began immediately to call in any sizable scraps that had fallen from the sky. Now, this effort was largely unsuccessful, but other archival efforts were more productive. The first annual report, produced by the deputy keeper after the destruction, has pages and pages of proposed replacement items stored in archives and libraries around the world. These were duplicate copies made when the original document was produced or later transcripts. They might be scholarly editions of entire record volumes, published excerpts or calendars, that is short summaries of longer documents. All of these were seeds of hope, ways of raising the burnt archive from the ashes. And they were buried in the expert knowledge and in the publications and finding aids 
the staff of the PROI had produced over the preceding 55 years. And wonder of wonders, a few, a very few, records had survived the cataclysm. In the stone vaults beneath the record treasury, boxes of records were baked rather than burnt. And in the strong room off the reading room, records held overnight awaiting the researcher's return next morning survived in remarkably good condition. Indeed, it is a great irony that the firebreak between the two blocks worked in 1922, just not in the direction intended. It was never envisaged that the fire would start inside the treasury, but the flames were prevented from reaching the administration block to the front, so the firebreak did work. Within this front archival block were the archival finding aids, indexes and calendar summaries of some of the most important collections. These escaped the fire and were carefully boxed up by the staff after 1922. Although they were finding aids to collections which no longer existed, the professionals in the PROI preserved them all in the hope that someday they may be required. The baked and scorched items rescued from the vaults became known as the Salved Record Collection. Most of these were extremely fragile and many of them so crumpled and warped by the heat they are currently illegible. But here too, the archivists wrapped them carefully and stored them for the day when, hopefully, archival skills, technology and money might combine to do something with these rare and strangely beautiful artefacts. But the daily life of a state archive soon took over and the PROI moved on to collect the records of the new Irish Free State. But those remnants of the lost archive sat safely on the shelves, along with that trail of breadcrumbs leading to possible replacement records in other repositories. Then, after almost a century, the stars aligned. Computer science research turned its powerful gaze towards the interlinking of databases in different archives, and an awkward national centenary appeared on the horizon in Ireland. Under these propitious stars, a mad idea began to emerge to recreate digitally the collections lost in 1922 by tracking down every available copy or transcript. Led by two academics in Trinity College Dublin, Peter Crooks, a medievalist in the Department of History, and the late Seamus Lawless in the School of Computer Science, this idea grew into a research proposal called Beyond 2022, Ireland's Virtual Record Treasury. Now, I've been involved since the start from the early scoping phase, where we tested the idea just to see what was out there on library shelves around the country and around the world. And there was lots. The more we looked, the more excited we historians became. And the computer scientists were equally keen. Seamus was intrigued by the idea of making a virtual reality model of the destroyed record treasury. After all, we had the architect's plans, so we knew the dimensions. And thanks to Herbert Wood's guide to the collections, we knew what collections should have been in the building. If the scoping phase was encouraging, then the first fully funded research phase was even better. Remember those curmudgeonly Irish record commissioners who sold off their unpublished manuscripts? Well, these volumes began turning up in libraries across Ireland and in North America. The Royal Irish Academy has over 40 large volumes of pristine handwritten transcripts of Irish records, some dating back to the time of Henry VIII. The Russell Library in Maynooth University has many more volumes. Trinity Library has some, and there are volumes in the Huntington Library in California. Beyond 2022, could form a research bridge linking digitised copies of all these scattered volumes and reuniting the collection with over a hundred more held by the National Archives of Ireland. Other replacement items and collections began to emerge. Local historians, academic scholars, solicitors and genealogists had all been working away in the PROI before 1922, and the fruits of their labours were sitting waiting to be discovered on the shelves of Marsh's Library, Ferns Diocesan Archive, the College of Arms in London, the Bodleian in Oxford, the British Library, the Library Company of Philadelphia, and many more besides. The three state archives in Dublin, London and Belfast, and the Irish Manuscripts Commission became core partners in Beyond 2022, offering vital advice and support as we widened our search. The Library of Trinity College Dublin joined subsequently. The archival holdings of these core partners and their expertise combined to form a really solid foundation of replacement items and best practice for Beyond 2022. 
at an EU level, a research consortium had just completed its work on a programme to automatically read and transcribe handwriting. This programme, known as Transcribus, became an essential tool for our project as it could liberate the text that was in these manuscripts. This was a very valuable thing too, as we were finding tens of millions of words of handwritten text, and frankly, it would have been impossible to make all that content available to users without artificial intelligence. It's very expensive to pay a transcriber to manually transcribe a handwritten document, but a machine that can do it to a very high degree of sophistication was a game changer for us. The state's decade of centenary programme began to consider how to mark the 100th anniversary of the Civil War. Beyond 2022 was selected for funding as a national legacy project from the decade, a free public resource available to users at all levels of experience. Only one pair of photographs exists of the interior of the record treasury and the reading room prior to 1922. Photos of the exterior are almost as rare. And I appeared at these black and white images hundreds of times, examining the architecture, the fittings, and most of all, the people and their workspaces. So when I first saw the virtual reality image inside the record treasury produced by our project in full colour with sunlight streaming in across empty shelves, I was genuinely baffled. At first I thought it was a newly discovered image from the 1860s, colourised. Then the sense of wonder grew as I began to move around inside the image. For the first time in a century, you could enter the treasury, wander among its shelves and look down from the top floor into the open atrium and the checkerboard tiles below. It really was wonderful. All the records that our archival partners share digitally with us are producing millions of words. That is millions of pieces of historical data, names, places, events, and so forth. Computer science colleagues on the project are building a knowledge graph to accommodate all of this and to make it searchable in ways that go far beyond the standard databases that I'm used to. Connections between individuals, places, and offices over time can be identified. The type of connections that would require you to read an entire archive in the physical world, but which are possible in at the touch of a button in a virtual environment once the research programming is done correctly. So while we cannot hope to find a replacement for every item lost in 1922, we do know that researchers in the virtual record treasury can go far beyond what they could have done had they visited the PROI before the fire. The virtual record treasury will be launched on the 30th of June 2022, the centenary of its destruction. The PROI which we lost was a wonder of its time. Its work enabled this recovery project to happen. And who knows what wonderful discoveries await when we dive into its treasures. If you want to see more about Beyond 2022, do visit our website. That's beyond2022.ie and have a look at the documents. We have some sample documents there for you to see. And you can tour the virtual reality model to get a sense of moving inside that lost building, a building that nobody else has seen for 100 years. Thanks for listening. I hope you shared the sense of wonder.